Yo, you ever wonder, I just talked about this with my roommate. You ever wonder why like women get all the cool personifications? Like I just said, Mother Nature, Lady Luck. There's also Lady Justice. But men have like all the crappy ones, like Father Time, Old Man Winter, <laughs> Grim Yo, you're Reaper. Right, Father Time, that's kind of whack, man. Old Man Winter. Mother Nature destroys time. Old Man Winter. <laughs> they got Lady Justice. Whack. Lady Justice sounds godlike. Yo, Lady Justice. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast episode twenty-eight. We got an interesting show. I think it's gonna. Last about uh, 20 to 49 minutes. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> that, that was a jab. <laughs> yo, psychopath ass timing. Why did I tell you? Yo, man, like, can we start the podcast in 20 to 49 minutes? Who does that? Like, that's some uneven ass timing. What you going to kill somebody and come back and be like, yo, I got blood on my shirt, but let's get this rolling, man. <laughs> I figured you meant to put like a zero instead of a nine and you got 49 <laughs> instead of 40. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I then you said 29 minutes <laughs> yeah that was weird i don't know why i wrote that i was like doing dishes oh okay, that's, okay. that's that's what that's code name right there that's di doing dishes and this man was this man was putting someone's head in the sink <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah that is uh that that was funny when i read that i kind of knew what you meant but uh anyway we're here FGC Hollywood. My name is Max Pleiser. I'm joined, as always, by Pringle the One. Pringle, my man, how are you? I know you're you're heated. We just had a long conversation about the uh, yeah, uh, man. You know, <laughs> schoolgirl stuff. We can talk about that another a little bit later. But I just remembered something too that kind of made me sad. Is I went to like so I went to get some soil from the uh, the nursery over here. Real nice nursery uh, for plants and all that stuff. I wanted to get some soil over there. And I go to get some soil, and it's the same drive I take to make to go to my weeklies. So I got kind of sad. You know, ah, you, ever, you ever heard that song, uh, the Eminem song, Stan? You ever heard that song? Mm -hmm. That song? Yeah. You know, the beginning of it, where we'd be like, when's it coming over? You know how that <laughs> yeah. goes? It Dido, was raining. Right? Right? Yeah, it, I forgot how, I forgot who the person is, but I think it's somewhere yeah. around there. And it was raining too, so I'm driving. It's raining. It's Saturday when our weeklies would go. I'm going around the time I would go to, to for the weeklies, the same path, and I'm over here like, <laughs> Oh, damn. <laughs> yo, 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 it has been so long, man. It's it, like it the music video. Long. You got your arcade stick in the trunk and you're about to <laughs> yeah, run off a cliff. <laughs> yeah, man. I wrote you, but you still ain't calling. Oh, man. <laughs> my DP, all my quarter circles are my fault. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal, dude. I think we're almost uh, there, though. Give it like yeah, a few right. a few months. We'll get back to normalcy. But uh, yeah, it's good, it's good to be back recording FGC Hollywood and... We got uh, an interesting show, so pretty slow week as far as news, topic of the week, but luckily, shout-outs to the community here at FCC Hollywood. They really pulled through, asked a bunch of questions, so we'll have uh, a lot to talk about from the community's standpoint. Uh, first order of business, before we get to all that stuff, is uh, Keep It Classy, the Patreon-only podcast that I do, sometimes with guests, sometimes alone. I call it the spiritual successor of, of uh, the Max Plus podcast. That's... Um, up episode five is up on patreon right now so i talked about my work trip uh you know a little bit about that when i told you i almost lost an eye so i told <laughs> that story i told a couple other stories so uh anybody who is a subscriber to the patreon who's listening to hollywood right now that should be up if you are interested in listening to that 
the other thing on the docket is uh, again we don't we kind of stopped doing game sales on this podcast but we still shout out things so pocket bravery has an indiegogo campaign it's like uh like a regular pocket fighter and it looks kind of cool you got uh, these traditional character archetypes fighting having dps fireballs fighting in the in the streets so that's pretty cool so if you like pocket fighters check out pocket bravery on indiegogo and I have a bit of a story here. Not, I don't want to give out too many details because I don't want to throw people under the bus. You know, keep it classy as, as always. But uh, I joined a couple discords, Pringle, and mm-hmm. uh, yikes! I <laughs> <laughs> yikes! Oh man, you just the degeneracy. The degeneracy oh, just flows through you as soon as you go in it. You know how I always call a bunch of people in Hollywood degenerates, right? Because we have a lot of degenerates. But oh, yeah. <laughs> Joining these last couple discords made me really appreciate Hollywood degens for not being completely degenerate. Because you ever seen the uh, Bill Burr joke where he was like, you know, there's a difference between a psycho and a and a functioning psycho. See, I when I'm driving, you know, I want to just veer and just you know kill some people, but I don't do it. See, <laughs> yep. a functioning psycho, he'll do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the difference between us and the functioning degenerates. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely. I wouldn't say like culture shock, but like sometimes I forget because for the most part we're pretty tame in FGC Hollywood and our Discord. And I joined these two and i was like whoa it hit me it, like it hit me straight in the face i was like jesus christ can y'all like <laughs> chill out for a second like <laughs> it was it was right in there and uh one of them was for the most part everybody that was in there was kind of cool there was one jerk right off the bat and i was like man that's like he was he was so much of a jerk that actually somebody in the discord say hey thanks for coming uh good to have you here hopefully you enjoy your time but watch out for this guy and it was like already after i had an interaction with the dude so i was just like man why y'all keep him around if he's such a jerk so <laughs> he's our jerk <laughs> yeah exactly he's kind of like uh grandfathered in i guess so yeah. it is what it is but uh yeah uh joining those discords not that they're bad per se but it did make me appreciate fgc hollywood i think i really like our community we got we got a group good group of people there so um shout outs to hollywood I won't ask you who whose Discord it is, but I will say that <laughs> it's pretty funny how like how like uh, a degenerate people can be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, especially once you get to like the weebier titles, like oh, man, the anime dude, titles. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. Well, when you go up in there and they're like, "Who's this Max Splicer dude? You that dude that make that that whack ass thing called State of the FGC? Where's my smash? <laughs> yeah. <at you?" laughs> yeah, it was like. They, it wasn't even that. It was just a little awkward. And um, it's, I don't know, to to each their own. I find that sometimes there's a bit of a divide with uh, people in the FGC. Some of them are introverted, some of them are extroverted. And I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Obviously, I don't like too many people, but here I am putting myself on a public platform talking in a podcast. Mm -hmm. So I can't be that introverted. So, you know, um, there's just a bit of a disconnect there. And, you know, it's just it kind of reminded me why I don't really associate anymore with like the greater FGC and why I decided to make like a smaller community. And uh, that's why I really enjoy FGC Hollywood. Not to, you know, pat ourselves on the back, but I think we're pretty darn cool. I'm going to pat ourselves on the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, so that was my last couple days experience in those discords but now we can get to max shill of the week i introduced this last week and it's me shilling certain things that i like pringle 
I, I've been living on my own for the last, mm, I'm 27, so like 11 years, because I, I started really, really early. I started in high school. So okay. I never knew this, but when like making salads or making soup, I use onions a lot. And I never knew this until I watched the, a YouTube video uh, the other day is onion goggles. They're like oh. the secret tech, man. I like oh, 11 years I've been cutting onion. Every time when you know you start cutting onion, onion and you're like, oh my God. Oh, this can't be that bad. I'll, it's whatever. And then by the time you're done with like half of it, it's like, oh, why did I do this? I'm crying. I can't see anything. <laughs> onion goggles at Walmart. I got them. They're like seven bucks. What a difference, dude. I can cut oh, man. hella onions. Really? Yeah, Bruh, wait a minute. So there is, but I didn't think that the the goggles would protect you for the set that dude. comes from them. Does? Yeah, you would be surprised, dude. I can oh, cut. Man, I, you can give me twenty nine onions. I'll cut them all. Oh my god! Because I like so. Because like I remember one time I was cutting an onion and I cut it right in the middle like a knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> I cut that joint in the middle like a freaking retard. So I cut it in the middle and then I, I like my 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 roommate came in and was like Pringle, what's going on? And, like, and then I'm just crying. Like, <laughs> you want any onions? And I'm just crying. But dude, I definitely will have to consider buying. Let me write. I'll, I'll write that down somewhere. Mm-hmm. But secret oh, man, tech. You're right. Yeah, dude. Because like. We like onions too, but I don't like cutting them. So I'm like, I'm over here like, I'm going to just buy them cut. <laughs> well, th- this is how I found out about it. I wanted to make vegetable soup and I had all the ingredients, but I didn't, I don't, I'm not a huge cook. So I wanted, I was like, how do I do this? So I went on this lady's YouTube page and she's showing like the process and she's cutting onion and she's wearing goggles. I was like, oh my God, why did I not think of that? So I went to Walmart, got some goggles. This is what happens when you got a slow week in the FGC. You just start talking about <laughs> onion goggles. <laughs> Yo, onion goggles sound like an amazing idea, though. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, speaking of fighting games, this is one I really, really enjoy. TFH, Them's Fighting Herds. We're running a tournament, Pringle, on Ooh. May 1st, 2021, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And this one is special to me because it's it's one of, it's been one of my favorite games of last year, of this year. So I'm putting a prize pool together. 35 whole dollar redos. All right. Ooh. First place gets 20. Second place gets 10. Third place gets five. So come join. It's a free to enter and you can win 20 bucks if you if you win the tournament. So um, I'll put the link, the challenge link in the description of the YouTube version of this podcast. It's on May 1st. Now we're recording this on April 24th. So May 1st lands on a Saturday. I don't know what we're going to do with the podcast. If we can record it or early, we will. And if we can't, then we'll skip next week. We'll play it by ear. But I really want to run a TFH tournament before all these other juggernaut games show up and steal its thunder because it's uh, it's well-deserved, even though the DICE Awards gave the Mortal Kombat or gave the Fighting Game of the Year award to Mortal Kombat. You know TFH deserved that. That was the Fighting Game of the Year. So... <laughs> FGC Hollywood uh, Fighting Game of the Year is definitely TFH, so we're going to give it its platform, and we're going to run a tournament for it. So please join. It's such a fun game. It I know it's ponies, but it's it, the game is the truth, and you can win some monies. So uh, everything is in the description. Come join Hollywood. Come play. Catch these hooves, and we'll have we'll have a good time on May first. And I am glad you finally did it, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you finally did it i want to say i will definitely put some more into that prize pool so it'll, it'll look hefty when i make right on <laughs> all right all right 
yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for that one. So we'll let you all know in the Discord what happens with the podcast, if we are recording, not recording, and uh, but we're definitely playing TFH. And now we can move to Hollywood Question of the Week, and this is brought to you by In My Pants on Discord. Shoutouts to him. He asks, what's the first game you're going to go to a tournament for post-COVID? Go to a Marbles tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing, man. It's going to be a smash one, probably. <laughs> oh, my God. Might as well go to Marbles. Yeah, for real. I don't know, man. I know, I doubt fighting. Uh, I doubt Skullgirls will be a thing. Probably. I'll probably care less about it by then, maybe. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know, man. Maybe KOF. If if I don't know. Maybe I won't even compete anymore. I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, are you going to retire on me? <laughs> I'm retired. Early retirement. <laughs> but maybe if, if KOF is up, Maybe I'll get really into it as long as the because uh, right now all we need with Kev is a good explanation of how good that netco is. Mm. I don't know. For me, if if everything plays the way I think it hopefully will next year, and I can enter something uh, Melty Blood type Lumina is going to be definitely uh, my game that I'll, I'll I'll go to. Especially if it releases this year, I'll be able to practice and then I'll be able to to play next year hopefully at a, a even a local or a major depending on where where i go if, if i can play that game that'd be uh that'd be pretty fun we'll also we also have a question regarding type lumina later so we'll uh we'll discuss more about that game once we cross that bridge oh yeah man i forget about that game man i ain't going front man how dare you <laughs> <laughs> i know right i'm a it's just man i don't know man i you know me, man. I'm skeptical now, man. I'm a skeptic, <laughs> man. I can't believe nothing, man. I gotta, I gotta play it. I gotta feel it. I gotta hold it. It is melty blood. Let's be honest. It should still be fun as long as you could do the air footsie stuff. Yeah. I'm cool with it. Okay, now we got a podcast correction, but it's not so much a podcast correction as it's more just a throwback to last week. Remember when we were talking about how uh, I enjoy competitive arm wrestling? <laughs> So we got Brute Slayer 17 on Patreon. He asked this week, he's like, Mac, I find it pretty cool and funny that you like competitive arm wrestling since it reminds you of cool aspects of the FGC. Have you considered watching boxing or UFC? Which, for one, uh, Brute Slayer, I don't know where you've been, but I love <laughs> MMA. Like, I, That's the, the other thing that I really, really enjoy. We also have a channel dedicated to it in our Discord where it's just like me and four other people just nerding out about cage fighting. So, yep, yep. yes, I absolutely enjoy MMA. It's really, really fun. Boxing as well, but more so MMA. He also added, there was a cool tweet on Twitter where GSP, George St. Pierre for the, the uninitiated, uh, claimed he used frame data to become a better fighter in the octagon, which uh, was pretty interesting. Now, GSP's reaction speed uh, test was brought to him by this dude when he fought BJ Penn. I don't know if you're familiar with BJ Penn. He was also a legend in the sport for a long time. And when they fought the first time, the guy came to him with like this replay and he wasn't even like an MMA coach or anything. He was just, he liked doing this type of work and he showed uh, George St. Pierre. He's like, hey, look, if we count the frames with everybody who you have fought, BJ Penn has the fastest reaction time to any time you throw a punch, he can mm-hmm. get out of the way. And so he's basically using frame data, literal frame data, to to adjust to uh, the rematch with BJ Penn. So uh, the first fight against from with uh, George St. Pierre and BJ Penn was a really closely contested contest. But the second fight was more so a, a dominant performance by, by GSP. And he used frame data to adjust to the reaction speed by BJ Penn. So how about that? Frame data in actual Pretty fighting. Good. Yeah. Hey, I'm... 
I mean, they like tend to like rewatch matches like crazy too. That's mm-hmm. part of like yeah, a lot horror. of film. You have to, yeah, a lot of film. Like it's like it's like fighting games. You really have to just sit there and watch yep. film after film after film. Yeah, figure out tendencies, figure out what they're good at, what they're bad at, and yeah, it's it's cool. All righty, now we can get to actual fighting game news. We only have one item on this week's list, and it has to do with SNK. But not KOF, so take a week off, King of Fighters. Sam Show is still around. On April 21st, 2021, SNK returned with yet another weekly character trailer. However, this time it was not KOF 15, but rather Samurai Showdown. The trailer featured the long-awaited guest character from the Last Blade series, Takane Hibiki. Takane Hibiki is known by many SNK fans, and her inclusion to Samurai Showdown so far has seemed pretty favorable after seeing her in action, featuring some of her legacy moves both from The Last Blade 2 and CVS 2. Hibiki is set to launch on April 28, 2021, as Samurai Showdown only has one final character to reveal for its third season pass, that being the other guest character which comes from Guilty Gear, which, by the way, I think we covered it already, the leaks point towards Baiken for that final character. Did you watch the Takane Hibiki uh, character trailer? I did not. I'll put it on the side. (laughs) So she's cool. She's an an interesting character. She fits Sam's show because she comes from The Last Blade 2. I'll be honest with you. I've never played The Last Blade 2. I don't have one minute played in that game. But Mm -hmm. I've seen footage of it. It looks kind of interesting. It reminds me a little bit of Sam's show. A lot of damage. Uh, a few more combos than Sam Show, but uh, on the same wavelength, and she seems to fit the the mold of, of the, those characters very, very well. So um, for the most part, people seem to really enjoy her, the fact that she also has CVS2 moves. So yeah, good job. I've never played Last Blade. Is that something you can play nowadays, like through Steam or something? I think you can, right? Yes, it's on Steam. I also believe it, it's one of those games that has rollback netcode. Don't quote me on that. I think it does have rollback netcode, but we have someone sure. that in the server that mentions it that he plays it yeah Armande he plays on PS4 he loves that game but is there anybody actually playing that thing (laughs) I mean he gets matches on PS4 so I'm sure there's a dedicated smaller SNK community that really enjoys those those offshoot games uh, that aren't specifically King of Fighters so there's people that still play Garo there's still people that play Last Blade and, and all those other SNK games so yeah there's smaller pockets it's obviously not as popular as the King of Fighters, but to have her in Sam show is really fitting. So it was cool that they, they included her. And overall, I thought she was a really cool fit from that uh, character trailer. And yeah, she's got a little bit of lore there apparently with her, with her dad. And I, yeah, I, it looked neat, but then again, I don't have a lot of attachment to the last blade series. So I can't really say much outside of that. I uh, I really appreciate that uh, they're willing to grab characters from their other titles and to put them into, a t- you know what I'm saying? Like they're doing their own crossovers. Yeah. Like it's the SNK universe over here, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> still building upon what they have to the point where they're still building upon Sam Show, which who even plays that game, man? Let's be honest, man. I, I ain't going on no damn epic store anytime soon. So <laughs> like I can't figure that one out, but. I appreciate that they still give a damn about their game for whatever reason that they still continue. Are they like doing like um, balance changes or anything, or is it just mostly just DLC and stuff? So season three did come with balance changes and 
they are monitoring the, the game. The So you said who's playing Sam Show. Well, not a lot of people on the PC side. There's not the yeah. community on, yeah. on Epic is very, very scarce. There's not yeah. that many people. PS4 is doing fine. It's, it's doing oh, okay. Yeah. It's a respectable community over there. But it has hurdles. So Sam Show is one of those games that has really embraced Parsec to play on PC as oh, right. a form of, of competitive playing which isn't ideal because of the fact that it doesn't have uh, rollback netcode. And on PlayStation 4, they're just playing it as is. So it does have a community that supports it. But I, I wish, you know, you said they, they do a really good job of cross, crossing over with other SNK characters. I wish they would cross over to Steam and, and <laughs> some rollback netcode. <laughs> yeah. Let me get that Steam DLC soon yeah. sometime, man. That's the only hurdle why I don't play this game. I would play it just to mess around with, with the offline yeah. modes. It would have fun if the netcode was good, man. To be honest, we definitely yeah. probably would have fun. Because, like, I like that it isn't, like, it's pretty different. So it's it's such a different game that I think mm. I would have fun with it. But Because, like, in the beginning, man, I was super hyped for Sam's show. I, I think I talked about that before, but I was super hyped for Sam's show. I was trying to bring it to the locals. I was like, yo, we got to get this game, Sam's show. I didn't mm. even buy it. <laughs> I didn't even buy it. I didn't even look at it twice after it released, but I definitely wanted to bring it to the scene so that we could play it because I thought that it's like a perfect game that you don't really need much combos or any of that type of stuff. It has a lot of depth, especially defensively yeah. and with the uh, a lot of intricacies with the swords. So yeah. you, do, you do have a lot to learn. But yeah, for the most part, offensively, the combos aren't too extreme but it is fun learning the other thing that uh, really encompassed that game to make it uh, really special and and very offbeat and the pace is is different than normal fighting games so that's that's really cool but you know it is a bummer every time we get one of these trailers you know they they either start the trailer or finish with it i don't recall which which one but uh you see it it's on xbox one playstation stadia it's just like what the hell but oh, yeah, yeah but i forgot stadia's one man it's just sad i i don't understand why they went to the epic store route though because like all their Probably other games money. are you think it's money man maybe they're getting they, paid more to I, put it there. they must have gotten paid i'm assuming like why else like they must have gotten paid the pretty hefty price by epic and then be like hey make this you know on pc exclusive but on our store and mm. I mean, why would Steam really want to compete with that? They have plenty of other options for people to play fighting games. So they were like, "All right." I mean, if that's what you want to do, they they didn't even have to put any any fight up there because they're okay with with the lineup that they have. It is a, I'm assuming it's a similar case with. Remember when Microsoft bought a year of exclusivity for? I believe it was Rise of the Tomb Raider. And oh. It was only on on Xbox One, and then Sony was just like, "Well, I mean, whatever. We have Uncharted Four; they're similar games, and eventually it'll come to our platform. So we don't even really have to bid for this." Whereas Microsoft saw a good a good opportunity to to get a game of that stature on their platform, timed exclusive, but still, it was a whole year. I'm hoping that it's the same case with. Sam showed that it'll eventually, maybe it's a two-year contract, maybe eventually it'll come to, I don't know, actually, I think it's been over two years, but mm-hmm. maybe eventually it will come to Steam, but if 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 it's only on PlayStation 4 and Epic Game Store and Stadia, and I mean, I don't know how many people are playing it on Xbox, maybe there are a couple, but I don't know, I just think 
you're really depriving a lot of the PC community, the hardcore PC community, from playing this game. And I don't know. Unlike somebody like me who, like, I there's a PlayStation 4 collecting dust downstairs. But mm. the only reason why I would play that is a game I really have a lot of attachment to, unfortunately for me. Sam Show is not that game. Melty Blood is. That's the only one I will concede to go dust off that that PS4 and play, but uh, not for Sam Show. So unless you come to my platform, uh, I'm not gonna play you. Yeah. But the the one good thing with Sam Show is everybody who has played it has only, at least in my experience, has only said good things about it. Yeah. So it's got they, that going. Yeah, and they also did that thing with the uh, ghost character training thing. Well, how did that work out? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Like where they like in the training when you fought matches or something like that, you can have a like a, a ghost character that would learn how to play, and it would get better as time went on, like an AI, and then you could. Oh play yeah, yeah, AI. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what happened to that? <laughs> I don't know because of the fact that the game's not on Steam. I don't really follow it that closely. I mean, it, <laughs> it is what it is. Like yeah, I cover it right when we get news like this, I'll cover it just fine because it is FGC. But I just I don't play it. But uh-huh. I I don't know. It's maybe there's one more character left for season three. We know it's Biken. It's coming, and I'm hoping maybe when she drops, maybe they'll really shatter all of our expectations and put the game on Steam as like a definitive edition with all three seasons. Uh, I mean, uh-huh. please. But until then, I just cannot. I can't care about this game as much as I want to because of the fact that it's just not on Steam. Yeah. All right, Pringle, you'll uh, you'll like this. Initially, I was not gonna cover this at all because I didn't really care. <laughs> but I was for my, my hand was forced because uh, Zio asked a question. And I was like, you know what? If we're gonna cover it, I'll do the whole shebang. So, fighting game topic of the week has to do with MK11 Ultimate, and I called this "Catch These Stomps" featuring Shiva. <laughs> <laughs> So check this out. The month-long AT&T-sponsored Annihilator Cup has made its way to FGC New Circles as its third featured game in the lineup following Apex Legends and CSGO was MK11 Ultimate. The Annihilator Cup, which spans across five different games of different platforms on different weeks, invited 20 Twitch influencers to compete in the tournament whose grand prize nets the winner a total of $100,000. During the tournament, we got many viral moments, mostly all surrounded around Shiva's Dragon Drop, her unblockable tracking stomp, which is a move fighting game players know all too well. The easily abused move was enough for C9's Kyo to almost single-handedly win the entire tournament from just Shiva's stomp alone. There were two specific times (laughs) when Kyo's Shiva made the internet react. The first was his complete toying with fellow competitor Elspeth. Hopefully I said that right. As she had no answer for the stomps and showed her frustration on on stream. So much to the point of crying. The other viral moment was pretty much the same story, different person, as Kyo completely stole around from Shroud simply by using Drag and Drop, with Shroud attempting to escape from the Vortex, but unable to, leading him to eat nine straight Dragon Drops. I do. <laughs> Kyo would end up making top eight, however, eventually fell to another fellow Shiva player in Lyric, but ultimately it was Jake and Bake who was crowned the winner, defeating Lyric in Grand Finals. Now, 
Just a note here, following the tournament, Kyo apologized and tweeted he donated gift subs to the competitors who he had fought, adding that it was nothing personal and everything done was for the competitive nature of the online tournament. Yuck. You don't like that, huh? Hell no, I don't, man. You know, (laughs) this man, you think he had any remorse dropping his foot on his... (laughs) Why would you go back on that, man? You got to hold that. You did that to them. You can't take that away from them. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you got to hold that. Shroud held nine of them in a row. (laughs) (laughs) You got to just be like, I... That's how this game is, man. <laughs> yeah. So we got a question here from Zio, and he asks, what is your opinion on the recent influencers-only MK tournament? Do you think this kind of marketing would work if it was done with real fighting games instead of a stinking pile of cash? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He said, also, PSA for Hollywood, come play KOF, you cowards. He's been trying to play KOF all, all week in the Discord, and he's been uh, adding the, the KOF role, and nobody has played him but, like, two people. So... <laughs> You're trying to get 2002 games in. <laughs> no time, man. I, I don't really have time where I'd play you, but I got no yeah. time. I'm too busy editing, man. I'm working on State of the FGC. I ain't got no time. <laughs> if you want a quick uh, match in Skullgirls, I'll give you like 10 minutes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's kind of break this down piece by piece. So first of all, 20 influencers. They're playing in this Annihilator Cup. They're playing. So it's five different games. They started with... Apex Legends, CSGO, MK11 Ultimate. Next up is Among Us, and then they're playing Halo 3 to cap things Mm -hmm. up, right? So, yeah, so you got these 20 Twitch influencers. Obviously, they're all streaming on their own channel during the tournament, and they have a commentary from the uh, the main channel. So it's cool that they're having people who aren't really experienced with every single game play, and they Mm -hmm. all earn points, weekly points, and whoever has the most points by the end of all uh, five series is crowned the winner, wins all that money. So interesting. Shout out to AT&T for, for putting that together. The the drag and drop thing. So I'm assuming you've known, I've known for a long time because I've had roommates before who really enjoyed MK. You've known the drag and drop has been unblockable for a long time, right? <laughs> no, man, not actually. Because I never paid attention to MK. But I did remember here, I watched the Majin Obama video. He was like, yo, man, I'll be real with you. If everybody, if you hear someone say they've never gotten hit by that, they're a goddamn liar. And then, <laughs> and then I understood immediately what it was. Mm-hmm. Everybody has gotten hit by Dragon Drop before. It's it's one of Shiva's, you know, signature moves. Every time she's in a Mortal Kombat game, it's always been there. So the the first clip, the the one with the girl crying, you know. You know me. I've so I've told you this before. The the older I get, old man Mac, I've become more compassionate, but not with this. Not with this. <laughs> I was laughing like, my head off when I saw. I showed my girl. I was like, I felt like I don't know if you know the episode of Cartman where he like he he like gets this like it was like somebody that was bugging him. So then he like put his parents in the chili. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. And then he was like, "Oh, you sweet tears. That's me right <laughs> Tears. I'm like, mm, delicious tears." <laughs> I'm not that far, but I'm, I'm not that far off. I'll say this. So this Elspeth person, she's getting bodied by Kyoshiva. Just drag and drop, drag and drop, drag and drop, and she's really getting frustrated and. She's, I mean, she's not outburst crying, right? But, you know, she is frustrated to the point of tears. Yeah. And because she, she's not having fun. And I know it's supposed to be like a, 
more of like a casual environment. But then again, you are, you know, you're playing for a lot of money here. So hey, man, what the hell wrong with yeah. you? I'm with everything and the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. So I got two points here. One is I don't feel bad because of the fact that there's a lot of money on the line. And it is what it is. Like this is fighting games. This ain't, you know, it, it kind of, it comes with the territory. So for me, as somebody who comes from the FGC, like I don't feel bad because, you know, this is what you signed up for. Number two, I believe that using Shiva in that way, and this is more speaking to Kyo and then eventually Lyric, is actually a really smart tactic. Like, you use something, you abuse it. If somebody doesn't know how to deal with it, keep doing it. Why would you change? Because there are no feelings in fighting games. You either get bodied or you don't. So as, as FGC, I think a lot of us have really realized that. But the other people, like the casual people who were watching that, I think saw it in a different light. And that's why it probably prompted him to apologize when the FGC side were like, why are you apologizing? You did what you had to do to win. Like it is what it is. The people would have been like, oh, that's mean. How could you? That's rude. It's like the people that get upset about like teabagging and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Same similar vein. In my head, I'm thinking like, for one, I mean, that is a lot of money Two. I mean, even if they don't win, I mean, they'll still probably be pretty good because they get all the popularity from it. So, yeah, like, good exposure. Yeah, a lot of exposure. Uh, three, it's pretty dope that AT and T is like sponsoring stuff like that and getting their toes with this with this kind of money. Like, that's a ridiculous. Like, AT and T is definitely gonna make a lot more money than they're like loot. They're investing out of something mm-hmm. like. Um, I'm really glad that they're finding. Uh, some use of that. And four, just because he bodied you in, in Mortal Kombat don't mean you can't body him in the other four games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, so I, you know, that was my view of it. It was like, well, you know, I, I, it sucks to see anybody cry, but I, there's $100,000 on the line. Like, I I don't feel that bad. So Yeah, man. He he did what he did, man. You yeah. know, for, personally, like, when I first started playing, I would have at least tried doing more than what she was doing. Because I was like, man, you just kind of standing there and eating it, man. Jump, do something. I don't know, mash a button. You know, you do something. Because, like, anytime I've played any casual person in any kind of game, as soon as they figure out what works, they'll just keep doing it, man. Like, period. Like, Why would just, they stop? Exactly. There's no reason. It's like, oh, you can't you can't handle it. It's like, I'm not going to stop. I mean, like, and then we just took it to a whole other level. <laughs> yeah. It, so... You said, okay, why are you just standing there? So the shroud clip is him. He gets he he stood there for one, and then the eight consecutive ones that he ate, he did try to do different things every time he ate it. He tried yeah. to slide under, he tried to back dash, he tried to move okay. forward. So I don't know about MK11 Ultimate. I know from MK9, I believe, that with Shiva, I, I was taught by my roommate is that when she does drag and drop. You can't backdash right away. You have to wait maybe like a split second and then backdash or forward dash. And that's how you get away from drag and drop. It's also super negative on recovery. So she can't just continuously do it. She has to land first and it takes her a while so you can punish her. So that's somebody who has taught me that. And, you know, if I'm a casual, probably I don't know that tech, but it's... You know, it's part of the game. I'm sure if I start playing a shooter right now and I just completely get destroyed, I'm sure there's some tech to counteract that, but I wouldn't know it. I'm not going to cry over it because I'm not a shooter guy. So that's how I think. Mm, now, right. Shroud, he he did get frustrated, but 
you know, he did say, I can't do anything. Like, I can't do anything against it. He was trying, but mm-hmm. his frustration was mostly the fact that I think he was trying and failing because he wasn't finding the right the right option to counteract the, the drag and drop. Yeah. But uh, it is really funny to see in non-FGC people playing a game like that and and finding, like, the cheese, right? Like, you find the cheap yeah. stuff and you got no answer. So that is always entertaining to see casuals play yeah. fighting games like that. Hell yeah. I would say in the case of, like, what was it Elspeth? Elspeth? Yeah. That, her, her, right. Look like she can't do She wasn't doing nothing. Like, she was just eating it. I'm like, what am I supposed to do, Block? And I was just like, oh, man, I was just cracking up, man. But, like, it's all part of the game. Like, I don't know why out of all those games they picked Mortal Kombat as their – I feel like they should have picked – It's maybe, the normie game, right? And maybe that's what it is. It's, like, the casual game. Like, yeah. it would have been even better if they would have picked, like – a Smash Brothers game or some crap like that. You know what I mean? But Nintendo probably ain't having it that way. Mm-mm. But uh, WB got the money, so we might as well go that way. Hey, Jake and Bake won, and I think he won with either Sub-Zero or Scorpion. I forgot which character he used, but uh, he won with the, you know, the Shoto. <laughs> so, Shoto, let's go! Yep. Yeah, it was it was funny. Now, to, to get back to Zio's question, so he said, how do you feel about the influencers uh, and how they're prompting up a game like Mortal Kombat. And if this could be done with real fighting games, right? With like fighting games that probably really deserve it. You've seen it done a little bit when Tekken 7 was paying a lot of big time influencers to play the game for a little while. And you you saw that it did help Tekken. I think it's, it's a good thing. I think anytime you can get eyes on any fighting game from a different market and a different point of view, it's always good. Like I always say, you know, I... I have my differences with VTubers, right? Like they, they, I find them cringy or whatever. But uh, you saw the VTuber boom with fighting games, and there's no doubt that that helped fighting games, right? Like you see Strive doing so well with VTubers. Overall, that's going to help Strive because more people are, have eyes on the game and they might get a couple more sales out of it. And the more people you have playing fighting games, the better it is for fighting game players and fighting game consumers. So, yeah, I would love to see more of these type of tournaments to really influence the the mainstream gaming market to come check out the FGC because we got some cool stuff. Now, maybe not always, you know, do drag and drop and and have MK11 on the on the stage, but uh with other games, I think it would really be be a really good idea. Yeah, the marketing is actually a really good idea. It does. The, the those guys have like thousands of people watching them. So like out of those thousands, you'll get like maybe a hundred, couple hundred here and there spread apart all the fighting games and they'll stick around. And it's yeah. really good to have more people in it, even if it comes under the sake of showing MK, which I know Zio hates, but like, it's still like, you know, out of those people, you'll get, you'll get like somebody that's like, you know what? I don't really like Mortal Kombat. I think I like, I think the game is poop. Let me play like, I don't know, Grand Blue, which I'll say just for Zio's sake, because to me, that game is poop as well. But I'll, play, I'll say it for your sake. They might not want to play something like MK, and they just go to play another fighting game. And, and you know, that's to more the more the merrier, man, really. Like, the more the merrier. Yeah, I agree. I think any any eyes is any eyes on fighting games is always good. So if we can get uh, more of these type of tournaments or events or whatever, even if they're just promoting fighting games in any sort of way to a mm-hmm. new a new audience and get some visibility 
Yeah, why not? I think Strive would have a really good opportunity to do that as well upon release. I think uh, they could really move some some units they wouldn't otherwise mm-hmm. with just the fact that how pretty that game looks and yeah, having having people see it from from a different light. So yeah, I, I'm in support of these type of things. Yeah, Strive is definitely going to be probably that game that brings so much more people. Good net code, beautiful graphics. You know, you could get big ass damage off small hits. That type of st- all that crack. You know. That dopamine that hits the head. And I'm glad that it is bringing more people because those people are going to be like, Strife sucks. And then they're going to come and play Melty with us. Let's get it. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. Full circle. um, There we go. It's uh, In the end, man, you can run, you can hide, but you can never get away from Melty (laughs) Blood, man. (laughs) Hey, yo. All right. So that's all we have for that was one news item, one topic of the week. It was kind of a slow week, but like I said at the top of the show, shout outs to Hollywood and our community here because they really came through. We have, let's see, 10 questions. So a dozen, not a dozen, 10. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll start with the first one. So Brute Slayer 17 on Patreon, he asked, so this was last week. He said, it's been a hot minute since I asked a question, but are you guys on the Dogecoin hype train or investing in crypto stocks, etc.?" He also said that he he got his his wife who finally Rosaria and uh, in Genshin Impact because I asked him about that in Discord. He was hunting for her, so uh, good job on getting your wife, Brutzler. <laughs> what do you think? Are you are you into the whole crypto market? I haven't really been. Not at all, man. I uh, I know I have a friend that's really into. He's gotten really into stocking and uh, stocks and stuff, and he's actually made a, a decent amount of change uh, from hmm. all that. And he's told me that a lot of that type of stuff is usually it's just like, like, well, so what happens is with a lot of people is that they, they'll see a stock that's really high. They'll buy, and, you know, they, you know, it's a quick type of buck that you're trying to make. And to my understanding is that's not how you really play the long game. Like, you know, Warren Buffett, the guy plays the long game with his stock. So usually he does stocks into things that he's interested in and he monitors that and he'll like buy, like he'll do like small stocks. Like I think there's, Sometimes they're called like penny stocks and he'll get into those type of things. Yeah, I'm I'm not really invested in doing that stuff. I'm sure it would, it would be worthwhile if I did it right. Like uh, I know Bitcoin, right? Like there was mm-hmm. a point in Bitcoin's life cycle where you could have bought it for like $500 or $600. And had yeah. you waited to this point, like uh, a bit, I think Bitcoin right now is like is like 59 or like uh, uh, 50, yeah, 59,000 per Bitcoin. So could have made a nice pocket of change had you waited like 10 years, but <laughs> I, you know, you would have to know these things and it's a risk. So I'm, I'm not really about taking those kind of risks. Yeah, man. And I was also going to say, Hey man, I don't know. I don't really know about Genshin impact, but congrats. I still haven't played it. Have you played it Mac? Nope. Not a second. <laughs> not a second, man. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like I'm too, I see that it's like a, it's, it's a grindy game. So you're kind of forced to, if you don't want to spend money you have to spend a lot of time and i don't really like nah, that. i'm not into gotchas like you know <laughs> each their own i i find them to be fun for like maybe two weeks like that's really my timeline when i play these things i played there was one gotcha and i told this in discord as well there was one gotcha that i played for about six months and that was bleach brave souls back in 2015 and i got my team I got everybody that I wanted and I felt like fulfilled. I was just like, yeah, I'm good. This is my end game. And after six months, I didn't spend a, a nickel on it. So I was like, yeah, all right, I can peace out now. 
and you know that was the the longest i've ever spent with a gacha i then i played uh king of fighters all-star for two weeks i got i got uh king and i got two vices on my team i was like yeah i feel pretty good about it so all right let's peace out and you know it's just not for me like i don't have the attention span to really stay with stuff like that for very long and yeah it's uh not really my type of game genshin i know has a lot of um mmo ish type of qualities to it so that could be cool but uh yeah i'm just not i have too many other things going on man i don't have time to play gotchas and you know rpgs and all this you you yo man you gotta have time for those uh especially genshin because like it's just uh, from what i understand it's just it, it gatekeeps a lot of the uh a lot of things you gatekeep with time, and if you don't have money, what I just don't like about those games is that they're—I feel like they're so predatory because it's like there's no, there's nothing saying you can't keep spending money. You know what I mean? Like you can keep spending money, <laughs> yeah. Limitation to it, so I really don't like that about those kind of games. Yeah, but regardless, yeah. Congrats, Bruce Lair. He got the waifu, and that's you know that's the mission in the gotcha, right? You want the waifu once you get her. That's uh, that's that should be the end game, I think. He should just go and drop the gang. I got Rosario. <laughs> yep. Best thing ever. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, peace. All right. So I alluded to it earlier. We we're going to talk about Melty Blood Type Lumina. And this comes from Jam on Patreon. He asks, I would like to listen to a deeper analysis and example predictions on Melty Blood Type Lumina and its likely impact on fighting game on the fighting game market. Sure, you always hear the Melty Legends talk about poverty, but commitment. What, what about, uh, or rather, but commitment, but what matters in the end is sale figures and active player population. So you are correct there. So I kind of broke this down to five different parts. Now, Melty Blood, just to, for people who aren't really familiar with Melty Blood, I just want to paint the picture here. So Melty Blood initially comes from a property called Tsukihime. It's a visual novel that came out in 2000. Melty Blood followed in 2002, and then it had multiple expansions, I believe in 2005, 2007, maybe 2009. The latest one is Melty Blood Actress Again Current Code. It's on Steam. It's a really good 2D fighting game that I really enjoy. Pringle also really likes a bunch of people in the Discord. But I will say the game was extremely niche. It was never, even in Japan, it was never to the point of a guilty gear it was never to the point of anything remotely close to street fighter or king of fighters even in the anime space as it was extremely extremely niche of a fighting game but mm -hmm. if you did play it you knew that it was special and whether it was in the states or in japan to this day you can find archives and arcades of people just playing this game because it's it's really unique and there's there hasn't been too many to do everything that the melty blood does to to that degree there are other anime fighting games that have adapted things that uh make melty blood special but they couldn't they couldn't harness every single thing so that's why people still play the game even though it's in smaller populations especially in the east mm -hmm. and the, so that's for one that's the reason why melty blood is special because of the fact that there's there's so many gameplay traits that go um that are favorable for a lot of people who play those type of anime games now, I broke this down to five parts. The first one is sales prediction. So if we're if I'm being serious here, despite the fact that Tsukihime is the predecessor to Fate and all that, 
Fate is extremely popular, but I th- I wonder if Fate, if the Fate franchise is the new age type Moon fans and Tsukihime is the old age. So I don't know how that's going to translate into sales. Maybe type Moon fans will just pay anything that's type Moon will, to be determined. I will say with Melty Blood, I don't believe it's going to sell nearly as well as Strive. It might do pretty well, but it, I think Strive will do better. And as far as cachet, I don't know if it's going to have as much cachet as something like a, like a Grand Blue Fantasy in the East because of the fact that that mobile game is so so heavily influencing in there. But I do believe that it's going to have a space to occupy, especially coming from Type Moon. So it's going to live fine and then it all depends on how they proceed with with the game so they're already on a really good start you have the new tsukihime which is it's it's putting a really good platform for type lumina which so that's that's planned in uh later i believe what is it in august of of this year in japan and mm-hmm. so that's a really good a platform for Malty blood the other part is that it's going to have rollback netcode so that already your audience has grown tremendously because now you can play more people. The other part that doesn't help it is the fact that it hasn't been confirmed for PC. Now that could change, but right now it's only a PS4. It hasn't even been confirmed for PlayStation 5, but you know they have that backwards compatibility going on with those, uh, I believe, at least with the, those two platforms. So to be determined on that, as far as sales, I think it'll do decent, but not as well as something like Strive, which comes out on the same window. Mm-hmm. I agree, man. I don't. I think as much as I really like Melty Blood, it's just not hitting those like, it's not hitting those boxes. You know what I'm saying? It's not checking those boxes. Like I'd say, Strive is like the closest thing. It's like almost like the difference between uh, what like One Piece and uh, like. Uh, What's a it's a really popular American anime? Avatar. Yeah, Avatar. Kind of. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess you could say it like that. Well, yeah. So like it's like because like One Piece hits like it's got all the dope stuff, right? But like only like the real people that are really into it are the ones that are like watching it subbed in Japan and stuff like that, which is like I guess you could say Melty Blood. But I guess in the case of like I don't know if Avatar is what I'm trying to look for. I Samurai use, Jack. I guess I could- Melty Blood is Samurai Jack. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that, that works. Yeah. Melty Blood is like Samurai Jack and like Strive, I'd almost say it's kind of like Dragon Ball Z, even though Dragon Ball Z Fighters does exist, but it's kind of like Dragon Ball Z in this case because like Strive hits a lot of check in the boxes with some of those character designs. They have a really, like have they have like these very intricate and very Americanized Western, you know what I'm saying? Uh, especially like Soul, you just see Soul biting bullets and stuff like that. All of these very like, western it looks head. like your traditional hero right yeah exactly and then you have like uh the music the big uh emphasis on that the the guitars and all that rock type and of roll stuff. yeah yeah man but then when you see melty melty blood over here like kind of subtle and, hey yo melty got a sick ass oc have we ever talked about the oc in that game though oh, oh it's one of the God. best it's a jump on strides OST. i'm sorry but that melty <laughs> blood ost is cold-blooded man yo strange dreamer oh my god i love that track yo the tracks there be like i'm like oh man they they be killing it man i don't know what it is it's like this very silence it's like small like you know it's a small in group like it's like Mm -hmm. a basement of people listening to music and they got like one dj and dj and there's only like a 50 max amount of people that could be in that basement listening to 
Melty Blood music. <laughs> and there's no lights. It's just dark, <laughs> dark strobe lights up in there, man. Hey, Under Nine has a really underrated track list as well. Oh, yeah, man. It, it really does. The stages I like are, are, are really good, but Melty Blood just doesn't have those. I don't, it doesn't have that kind of appeal. I mean, the appeal comes from like a visual novel. You know what I mean? Hmm. That's like, you got to read and look at it. Like reading in a game? Oh, that's a big key right there. And then it's also like, Melty Blood just, ha- I don't feel like it, ha- like I love the characters, but the characters are not appealing in a Western audience. You know what I'm saying? Like a maid, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 You'd be yeah. surprised, my friend. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, oh, yeah, the maid, yeah, okay, not the maid. The, with, uh, I forgot her name, uh, Satsuki. You know, that's not like, you know, that that isn't that appealing in, West, in, in the yeah. West. She's a schoolgirl, right? And school You know what I'm saying? It's stuff like that. But then when you play her, you realize what's dope about you playing a gorilla you know what i'm saying that's a that's a lie the school girl outfit that's a lie that's a gorilla hmm. she <laughs> so, grabs you from full screen <laughs> so i think that like i know for a fact strive will sell loads better especially since they've done a beta test twice they're gonna do one a second one right mm-hmm. um and i feel like, like I'll, I'll say that the beta test really helps those sales because it shows that they're willing to put their product out there for people to play for free so they could get a taste of it you know what i'm saying it's like a drug dealer you got to give them a little taste and then you get them addicted and that's what they do with strive it's got good net code it's got good like uh, it's got the, the art it, it's got all the explosive things but melty i feel like it'll probably pro- i don't feel like melty will even have a beta test to be honest no i don't no. think that we'll have one i don't i don't even know we don't know if it will even have roll rollback it should because uh, it seems like Kimono is working. It is, right? yeah, it is confirmed for rollback. We just don't know how good. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know what it is when we say rollback. It's not we just say rollback. We talking about good rollback. Yeah. But, but you know, some people will be like, you always talk about rollback, but you don't mention none of that. It's got what about it being good, man? Yo, that you know damn well we want good rollback. We want no doo doo ass Street Fighter Five rollback. Right. And I think that that might make itself somewhat decently. But not as great as Strive. Like I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it sold a lot better than you know when it first came out. Well, Met- Melty Blood Actress again came out and all that. It will probably sell better than that because there's more in- people interested in the game. Yeah, it'll definitely. I think it'll sell fine, and then I think word to mouth will treat it like any any other fighting game. So that's how you'll you'll make sales. And then they have they just have to support it, right? So. I see a similar case. I think this is going to be a souped-up undernight as far as sales. It'll do better simply because of the fact that the rollback, you you get to reach a wider audience. Now, the second thing here, we kind of touched on it here, popularity in the FGC. Mm. So I I think this game is going to be really popular in the FGC and in smaller circles and eventually become wider. So because of the fact that it's Melty, right? Like people know Melty. Even if you don't really play it or you... You know, this was past your your time as far as like if you, if you showed up in the FGC in like 2018, you probably don't know what Melty is. But if you've been around, it's it's too bad that like we don't have the, uh, we, you know, we got COVID times and we don't have locals or, or majors. But for anybody who has gone to any single major, even though Melty is rarely on a side stage or the, the actual grand stage, it's always a tournament. Like you can find Melty anywhere. So um, people know what Melty is. With this game, I think it will 
garner a lot of interest in efgc especially the hardcores and uh you'll see you'll see a lot of people especially content creators they'll they'll definitely support this game if it's good but i believe it will be yeah uh definitely man i mean if it comes out correct man everybody's gonna be talking about melty and i hope that melty's that hardcore i want it to be the hardcore one you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying the real ass dudes play melty blood the dungeon dwellers the trolls under the bridge the ones that don't believe in water those i want those brothers it's gonna be us man definitely if it comes out correct it's gonna be i want it to be the gatekeeper of games the gatekeeper of all fighting games right now man right in like marvel level of gatekeeping man i want somebody to play and then i've been playing for like i don't know 100 more hours and i he can't even touch me man that's what i No, this this is my game for sure like uh, it's my most anticipated game to come out this year that's by far melty blood yeah man um positioning in minor or major tournaments so again we touched on it a little bit you remember when you had I believe it was uh, 2018 is when Undernight and Birth ST came out, right? And people were kind of clamoring for that. It's like, hey, maybe that should get a spot at Evo. But you also had BB Tag there. So it, it even though you had Undernight and Birth be a much better and more complete game than BB Tag, BB Tag got the spot, right? And that hurt, man. No, I think, you mentioned it. I, I didn't even think about that, man. I, I don't even remember that. When did I? That yeah. Why? Dude, man, that sucks. Dude. But BB, or rather, uh, Undernight and Birth ST had such an amazing end of the half to 2018. And then 2019, that was Eunice's year. Like, they had such an amazing year with tournaments, with showings, with everything. And what happened, it kind of pushed Evo to recognize it and they were like oh well i guess that game kind of deserves a spot because they they forced us to put it in the lineup so they had to boot one of the games and it was a year after the game came out after they got the the st update and they ended up booting uh exert right so they they got rid of rev 2 and they put unist in there bb tech still got a spot somehow which is amazing but i think it's going to be the same case with melty blood type lumina i think you're going to have to force the issue by the game being so good and by the game being so popular in smaller circles that you're going to force these tournament organizers to put it on the grand stage that's how it's gonna it's really going to position itself in majors it's not going to get an automatic slot like kof 15 or strive it's going to have to work for it so maybe we'll get it a year later yo I, I will say if that happens and y- y- we got to put some respect on Melty's name and they got to come together, I'll be out there. I'll be the first dude in the front mm-hmm. my, uh, with my with my goddamn Satsuki pillow. i <laughs> <laughs> out there fighting for Melty to get in full stage, man. Because, like, yeah. dude, I, I, like what happened with Unia was beautiful, man. I ain't going to front, man. All them brothers came out for their game. They were like, let's get it with we and now I just remember we were talking about it earlier before the podcast that they even have their own thing, the the climax thing, right? Yeah. These brothers all came and sisters probably in this, or maybe someone in there. <laughs> they all came together and they was like, We want our game. And they and that, this is what I will say. This is how I'm gonna full circle in the score girls. This is what I always felt the score girls people never did. They never came together the way these melty blood brothers came. These guys came with booty ass net code and they was like we're gonna play our game and we're gonna play it how we want to in the bathroom 
outside in the parking lot, inside the venue, on top of the goddamn roof. We're going to be in there. And I really appreciate that they come with such a force for their game that they were like, you know what? We got to give it to them. That- Japan travel too. Those top-level Japanese players, they came up. All of them travel, man. Yo, like they they travel to the point where it's like, it's like it's so big that it was like, you know what, Rev deserve it. And you know what's funny is a lot of people like it was so funny when I happened now that you reminded me because people the Smash players got pissed, remember? Because <laughs> they were mm-hmm. like, what's this 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 game with all of this French bread money? I'm like, oh yeah, all that <laughs> money, right? all the all the French bread money you got, and then. And and all the people, the ref players were like, you know what? I appreciate that. Like, like the ref players were like, yes, I am fine with that. But the yeah, one, I remember they conceded the spot that you're like, you know what? It's your time. You kind of you you deserve yeah. this way more. I remember Exerd community being like that. You know, what? go do your thing. I like that a lot. Hell yeah, man! They respect it, man. You better put some damn respect on these these French bread players, man. They mm-hmm. ain't play, they fighting for that bread, man. You know what I'm saying? And I really appreciate that. They come so strong for their their game that I wish I wish I saw that in a lot of other scenes because let's be honest, man. They were they would I I remember when I was in Arizona when I lived in Arizona they had their their weekly or monthly and they played Unio and it didn't have as much people as the other games but they still played it. You know what I'm saying? And yep. it's like they, they really do like Unio. They really do like Melty. They like their game a lot, man. Yeah, no, they they definitely that community definitely forced Evo to to put them in a lineup because they came out whether it was climax of the night or combo breaker or frosty or ceo they showed up to every single tournament with hella numbers especially for that game and then they had an amazing evolution so they definitely deserved it personally i thought bb tag should have gotten the boot and exit should have stayed but you know it is what it is we'll see how uh, things play out when this game comes out the the fourth part here is I put sustainability this kind of has to do with the fact that we'll see what happens in the future once they support this game uh this game has already been confirmed that it's probably going to come out with 10 or so characters a really small roster because of the fact that the the new Tsukihime remake is doesn't have that many people in it so we'll see how they figure out the timeline to add more characters to to perhaps adding guest characters from different fate franchises or, or however they they decide to do it but the the sustainability of this game will come with the fact that if the rollback is good and there is support and continuous support for this game that's how it will live in the eye of the more so mainstream fgc instead of just how melty lives now very in, in smaller circles so i hope they they play their cards right with this game yeah i uh so I have a question since you mentioned that there's going to be a small roster. Uh, I remember there we, we've had this discussion in I, I feel like I, I say we, but I mean the whole Discord FGC had this discussion with mm-hmm. how are them so are they going to have different moons you think or is it going to be that it's just uh that one solid moon and then the character is just one character and then later down the line they'll add the moons. I don't know if we had this conversation. Maybe we have, but I just can't remember. So- so uh, I actually talked about this with Broken. So when Broken was on the podcast, we talked about Melty Blood. And so right now it's pretty indicative that there are no moons in the game. But he made the point that initially in 2002 when Melty Blood came out, there were no moons in that game either. They didn't add them until later. Yeah. So we might be seeing another case like that. But uh, the moons that they did show 
in the trailer seem to be a different type of meter. We don't know how that meter works yet, but they, it seems to, to fill in, in different instances in the game. So that could be a, a different way of treating it. I, I'm assuming maybe they'll, they're trying to reiterate on the initial Melty Blood. So maybe the fact that it didn't come out with moons in 2002, but then added moons in 2004 or 2005. I don't remember when, but, uh, so maybe they're going that route and then it'll give us more options to, to play some of these uh, characters with the different movesets that we're, we're used to in old Melty. Okay. So I, I would say that like, so I think I would even say the fact that there isn't moons, maybe I don't, I'd almost even say that might make things a bit more interesting if they choose to add it later down the line, because that would make personally, if I was playing it for the long run, which I probably would be, I would be so interested and hyped for whatever update that comes afterwards, mm -hmm. I think would help its sustainability in the long run because it would just be kind of like, it would not be in a bad way gatekeeping us from all the other cool stuff, but it's more like testing the waters. And then the more I can get my whole body in the water, the more I'm able to really immerse and enjoy the game that will come with it. Cause I mean, like I, I like, I think like they know how to make full characters. So I don't have to worry about oh, there's only ten characters. I definitely know how to make one character be do like I don't know, like ten different things. So yeah, like, I mean, look at Undernight. There's not a single character there. They're like, man, I wish he had more stuff. Like, no, they, there's plenty. <laughs> yeah, man, right there, there definitely is plenty. I think like some characters have like two, like two, three command grabs for no reason. You know what I'm saying? So like, they... <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it's really cool that. Yeah, why Grim Reaper need a command grab? <laughs> why, why though, man? Yo, he was busted in uh in, in uh in Uniel, yeah. Yeah, vanilla Uniel. Oh my yeah. god, he was stupid, man. And then in BB tag, he brought his Grim Reaper and have an ass somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Ruby, man. Oh man, that oh, was double scythe, dude. Oh my god. Oh my god, that was gross. That was the team rat. Dude, that's how bad of a game BB tag was on launch where everybody was running the same freaking team. In a team game where there should be thousands of combinations, man, that was terrible. Ruby was on every single team. Oh my god, Ruby Gord! I forgot they called it something else, but like they called it a specific name because they kept coming together. But oh my god, that game was—I did not like watching it at all, man. Mm -hmm. Like it was not fun to watch. The final point here is overall impact. So, like I said earlier, I think the impact of this game will come from the core FGC and eventually hopefully it'll flourish out to to wider circles. So I think it'll be a mainstay in like the the hardcore community, but uh, it's up to the the future of this game and how it's it's being developed upon by the the developer and how it's promoted by the community as well to see how impactful it'll be. But I think it'll be it'll definitely be kind of like a darling in the FGC. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. All right. Jam, hopefully that helped you with the deeper analysis on Melty Blood type Lumina. Now we can go to Boy 81 on YouTube, and he asks, do you guys keep your eyes on upcoming indie fighters, or do you all just wait and see finished products? I asked because I came across at Indie Fighting on Twitter, and they have some fun-looking stuff coming out. So yeah, just uh, remember we have uh, at the top of the show, I, I shouted out, uh, what was it called? Brave? something i already forgot yeah, brave uh pocket man. bravery yeah pocket bravery which i saw yeah. and it looks pretty cool 
We've also yeah. mentioned like SLAF and stuff like that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and GX Grain and, and all those other games. So yeah, we, we talk about it in Hollywood every now and again when I when I see it. I don't follow at indie fighting, but I probably should keep mm-hmm. tabs on that. Yeah. I, I don't actually know much about I didn't even know that was a thing, but I would say the only problem I have with a lot of these indie games is that I feel like like they'll drop and like nobody talks about them. You know what I'm saying? Nobody mm-hmm. plays them. They don't wait till state of the FGC, my friend. Oh, I have a surprise for you. Oh man, I can't wait, but yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for that one. Uh, he also had a bonus question in case we needed extra, which we do because we had nothing to talk about this week. He asked, uh, what do you guys think is more likely to come this decade? Marvel versus Capcom 4, which is technically 5, or Capcom versus SNK 3 also, which would you prefer? Uh, CBS 3 probably because like, I feel like uh, Capcom has more leeway working with um, SNK than yes we're working with marvel because the whole marvel cinematic universe and it's in we're like we're living in this weird alternate universe where now the marvel ip is something sacred so you can't do much with it and like it's not like before where it was really just comic books and and some animated Mm -hmm. movies now it's like human people that get like million dollar contract deals and stuff like that so yeah, I I would go with that. I would go with CBS three in a heartbeat, uh, especially now because of the fact that you've seen Capcom and SNK have really have repaired their relationship together. Yeah. It was strained for many many years, and mm-hmm. I think you know again we say we kind of say this every week, and I don't really have any evidence to show this, but uh, Ono leaving kind of has opened up a lot of doors. <laughs> think he may have had a problem with it, a lot of this stuff, man. This dude, like he would be coming together with his. With his crusty Blanca doll, and he'd be like, "Everybody, stay with me." And then everyone, everyone like, "Yeah." And then you see the employees like, "We have to say it. Our owner will beat us." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was something like that. But I, I just just messing around though. But yeah, man, it really does seem like after Ono left, they're doing a lot more. Capcom mm-hmm. seems like they want to do the the things they wanted to do before now. Yeah, and the, now that that relationship has been repaired somewhat, mm-hmm. and SNK has also said that, like, yes, we would like to work with Capcom again, I think there is definitely an opportunity for us to see CVS3 this decade for sure. Yo, less BB tag, more CVS3. <laughs> for real, man. Good Lord. Please keep that monstrosity, that atrocious, disgusting thing away from me. All right. Oh, by the way, you, you said you said monstrosity. I don't know, it reminded me. Uh we got our answers last week for who's the freak as far as with the stick. I guess I'm the freak. So I, I play. Uh, that was the response. I guess you're the normal person who plays like a regular person on, on an arcade stick. And I'm the weirdo. So there you have it. maybe it's uh well, you also do play on like, uh, uh, see, that's because majority of people do not play on bat tops. They usually play on all tops and like they don't play on Korean lever. I have a question now that since I didn't even I didn't even go to the next level further past that. What gate do you use? It's just a regular circle gate that comes with uh, a Korean lever. Now I know you're gonna kill me tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, just play. But like, okay, so like the sir, I've tried the square gate, octagon gate, which is ooh, so much edges on that joint, and the circle gate, and I've enjoyed all of them. But I've come down to the fact that I just play basic square gate now. Because I felt like it was easier with the uh, just the in the box, but it, now that just that's another question for everybody. Like, what gate do you use? What people use? Because I know in Tekken the circle gate is perfect, 
I feel like it was actually difficult to use it in Tekken when I tried the bat top way. Korean lever basically. I even got the Itoki, so like I definitely mm. did I went the whole Korean way. <laughs> yeah, I didn't change it. I, I like the circle on it. It it makes sense for me. It all it's uh Especially moving over from a, a Japanese style stick with a square gate, I I much prefer the circle. But then again, playing Tekken versus 2D games is different. So I, I kind of went to the game that I, I played the most, and that's what I catered my arcade stick for. Mm-hmm. And I just translated playing that way with other 2D games. So kind of worked out. Meanwhile, hitbox players are like, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to tap these buttons over here. Yeah. Have you ever used the hitbox, man? Yeah, I didn't like it. You didn't like the hitbox? I, it mm-hmm. was kind of cool, actually, when I was using it, but it's I wouldn't really mess with it. Uh, maybe I would if I had one, but I don't want to spend like a whole $200 for it. But... No. So my buddy at Combo Breaker actually was uh, sold on it. When we went to Combo Breaker, we're kind of waiting for pools. There mm-hmm. was the hitbox. uh they had they had the little booth there, and uh, one guy was talking to my buddy who plays on Initoki. He said, "Hey, you should try this out. You know, you might like it." And my buddy started playing Tekken with it. And he was like, "Actually, this actually is feels pretty good." And he bought a hitbox. Man was like, "Hey, man, what you doing with that old ass crusty ass stick, man? Let me show you the the future over here." And he brought him with the stick because the thing is that in Tekken, the hitbox is amazing. All you got to yeah. do is. A- down up i mean back down back down all that is easy as hell man like, yeah. you can backdash mad easy he you came can, over you, with like a trench coat he's like hey yo you trying to cheat <laughs> <laughs> i have seen what's the other the mix is it the mixed box where it's like a like the uh, keyboard the, okay that's but there's another one i remember and daigo they they banned it and it didn't let they didn't let daigo yeah because it was like a so that was a custom hitbox and they didn't know if it had any sort of uh, macros to be able to to give you any sort of advantage. Um, I don't believe Daigo built it. He had somebody else build it, so that's why he they banned it. Um, and then he had to play on something else. So he's, yeah, because now he plays on hitbox and he's like, okay, my my, my this is I I don't know what I was doing before. Like yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, he's like, what? He was basically living the onion life. You know what I'm saying? He was cutting mm-hmm. onions with no goggles on, and then this man d- d- got the, the hitbox, and now it's like, I got glasses on. <laughs> I don't have to cry no more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, he so, saw the light. A lot of those guys that used yeah. to play on stick went to went to hitbox, and they they really swear by it. I tried it. I just don't like the way it feels. I'm sure it's probably better <laughs> to play on, but I didn't like the way it felt. Yeah, I can't mess with it either. I don't really like the feeling of it. All right. Where we're at. I tell you what, let's uh since we're kind of going over on time, we're on number four right now, but let's do two more. I'll let you pick. So from four to ten, you can pick any of those questions. Let me see here. Let's do uh let's do six, man. Six. Actually, okay. Five. five would be a really we'll do five and six. Actually, we should just <laughs> do five and six. Those are really good ones. Five and six, okay. So five comes from Wendell Melodo Amaro. I could probably butcher that, but sorry. On YouTube asks, how do you regain the motivation to play fighting games again? Oh, that's why you picked it. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm not even going to try to answer this one. This is all for you. Go ahead. <laughs> that's my question. I'm trying to figure that one out, man. Because all my games, like the ones I like, is just pretty much done, gone to the tube. So I, I don't even want to like play the one I really like. And then the other ones I want to play don't have good netcode. So like I just don't like 
I don't like dealing through delay-based netcode after a while. It gets pretty frustrating because like so many things just don't come out. So like I'm over here trying to figure out how do I find it, the motivation? Because one thing I realized is after Frosty's man, I really did enjoy competing. Like I really do enjoy competing. And like since I don't even have a fighting game, really, what am I gonna compete? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. I, I might go back to what I keep joking on and just do marbles, man. Or, or I've been thinking about going into competitive chess. <laughs> yeah, that's always uh they got those online tournaments that could that could get your competitive uh edge going for a little while. And so it's not the same though. Yeah, no, it definitely isn't the same. Um, I was making the joke on on Discord when we were talking about it. When I kind of I told these like Pringle, move on, like <laughs> just you know, <laughs> do something. Yeah, 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 I am. I'm trying though. I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not out here like man. I can't stand it. Nothing's the same. I'm trying to move on. <laughs> I don't know what. It's just all boring, man. It's, it's, a, it's a hard breakup. It's a it's a tough breakup. Because like like. I, I am trying, like I was playing uh, Rivals and I'm really enjoying Rivals. Mm. But the problem with Rivals, and I hate it, is the only problem I have is that netcode. And I can't stand it, man. Yeah. Like people's netcode will be fluttering and it jumps around and I hate that. And hey, so, roll back beta in the summer. Yeah, I can't wait for that. That'll definitely make me really get more into it probably. But I don't really have anything outside of like, I've been thinking about it. I try to sit down and think about like what other games is there, and I might just have to really, really get into ponies. But the problem with I have with ponies is that I, I feel like I, I want something in a different vein than like a one player versus one. Because like ponies to me really does just remind me of Skullgirls if I was playing it one versus one. To be honest with you, man. Hmm. So like it, like I kind of want something in a different vein. Um, Maybe get into arena fighters like Naruto or whatever. No way, man. I'm not going there. I said different thing, <laughs> not different stank. <laughs> play you some play you some jump force. <laughs> I mean you never know. Nah, man, I don't have any interest in those. I used to play a lot of them when I was like younger. They're pretty fun, but I'm not like I wouldn't really get into that. But like mm. the indie space could be could be a good place to search if you want don't want the uh the traditional options that we have here. I made the joke on Discord that the the best way to get over one fighting game is to get under another. So this <laughs> is a bunch of sluts. Yeah. <laughs> this game sucks. I'm going to another one. This hole's mm-hmm. dirty. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough, man. But uh, I like I said, it's probably maybe your your best option would either look at indie games or wait until something comes up on the horizon this summer and and maybe just play something different like you said it could be chess it could be something completely different yeah Yeah, you're right man honestly it's like it's pretty much getting to that point like it's slowly you know it's it's like it's not just a oh yeah i'm done with it it's more like a slow decline like the time i play the game goes gets lower and lower each time and now i kind of just want to sit down and maybe play some maple story or some crap like that (laughs) random ass game that i might have fun for like an hour or two and just like kind of shut my brain off or something play more like, <laughs> yeah, I, 
say, all right, just play it more. But I have to buy that game. Maybe I'll buy it soon. Is there like physical copies of that thing? Like, do you or is it just- uh, yeah? So Omo Cat, she she already uh, sold the soundtrack and some other physical merchandise that comes with a copy of the game. They're probably the Omori is such a cult classic now that if even if you could find the listing on the website for a physical copy, they're probably all sold out. Oh yeah, yeah. <sighs> I was gonna, I was gonna buy a sticker like one, like the photo album, which is a really huge part of the game. I was gonna buy that, but Jesus Christ, it, it lasted like four seconds on the website, and I was like, "Well." The only thing is that, so like, because I have a lot of uh, games I would like to play that are like outside of fighting games, but the problem is, is that you need to really be immersed in them. And then, like, if I'm only playing it for an hour or two, it doesn't like I have to play it in very, very small periods, and it doesn't really. You know what I mean? It kind of, for me personally, it like it just takes away the enjoyment of it. Like I could play like, like for instance, if I was playing a game and like I only play like two, three hours, like every time I'm gonna boot up the game, I'm gonna forget about it completely. So that makes it hard too. So that's one of the reasons why I've been kind of staying away from those type of games. It, it just doesn't like, cause like I'm the type of person that would like to be able to get really immersed into the game, and then be able, like you know what I'm saying? I don't like being, I don't like stopping usually. I just probably have to with some certain things because that's what I like about fighting games. I could just kind of pick them up, play them for an hour or two. Sure, it's not enough time as much as I would like, but I still got my my game in, you know? You know, sometimes I think it's best to, like, not overanalyze. Sometimes you just have to jump on something and just do yeah. it because yeah. the the further you get into, like, this, this uh, almost like a catch-22 of... You know, if this, then that. But if that's, then, then this. Sometimes you just have to break that and be like, I'm just going to play this and let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah, man. I, you're definitely right. I had that with, uh, you're definitely, I had that with Nier where I was just like, man, let, let me just finally play this goddamn game. <laughs> I really like Nier, but I just never stuck with it. And it, and like, even you're right about that. But then sometimes what happens is that it's so easy to fall out of it. <laughs> so you're like, but yeah, that's, that's even a, even that is a good uh, yeah. part of because at least you played it. You're like, all right, I got what I wanted out of it. Let's move yeah, on. Right. So instead of saying, well, I'll play it eventually when the settings are right or whatever, like, you know, sometimes it's good to just jump on things. Yeah, you're right, man. That, no that, thinking right. needed. <laughs> that's yeah, too much thinking, man. But it yeah. it just comes out to like I just don't have a lot of time, so like it's almost hard not see, to see. You're in there. You're in the vortex again, Frank. I'm telling you, just play and then think later. <laughs> I got it because that's I don't play games like that though. Like I I don't think like that. I used to just play them when I can, but lately it's just been like kind of like. Oh man, when am I gonna get the chance to play? I gotta. What am I gonna play? <laughs> By the time you're done thinking, you have no time because you spent all that all right. time thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like that though. Like I don't really be thinking that damn much. But it's mostly since I'm not really like. There's times and periods where I'm just not doing anything. So when I do have the time, I do try to play whatever I, you know, can. Right on. Be like that, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you said you wanted to do six. Yeah. Sure. Let's do six. Okay, so this is five. Sorry, you gave me an answer number five. Uh, we kind of did, I think. Yeah, I guess just try something else, man. If if you get sucked out, play something else, man. That, that usually that used to be a thing. I always tell people play another, even different genre of games, and you might find more enjoyment coming back to fighting games. Because mm. I had a friend that did that where he stopped playing Skullgirls. He just started playing Street Fighter Five, and he was having more fun doing that, and then he came back to it. So that could help. Yeah. Okay. Number six, Little Fox Tres Tranios. I don't know how to say that, but it's Little Joe Potfox. He just changed his name on YouTube. He asks, 
What recent fighting game has your perspective changed on? For example, the King of Fighters went from meh to most anticipated fighting game this year. Then he has a bonus question, but I figured let's answer the first one. Well, I mean, Strive did in a way. Yeah, I, I'd say Guilty. Oh, yeah, the opposite, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, if I was thinking of it, like, I think I was kind of cool with KOF coming out originally. Wasn't I? I can't even really remember, but I think I was cool with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that you, you were know, more excited for Strive before knowing more about Strive, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because, oh, man, I was, I was so, I was like, yo, this, this this i hope it comes out really good right like well not, yeah like now that i think about it, yeah i was really interested in it and i was really hoping that it would come out re- very good when i played the beta everything was basically the opposite like yeah. i was like oh, but i wasn't surprised either because you keep hearing a lot more and more of what they're trying to do with the game and they're just trying to change it a lot so um it definitely happened with strive for me and it sucks um i'll say for me uh, Street Fighter Five Champion Edition, man, uh, for sure. I think uh, you know people like Zio. Every time I say this in 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 the Discord, who's like, oh, you know, why are you saying nice things about you know Street Fighter Five? That game is shit. I don't know. I I think I think Street Fighter Five and its 2020 version, or rather 2021 version, is uh, a pretty solid fighting game. Everything you want from that game presentation. It has its own identity with its gameplay. Not some people like it, some people don't, but it has an identity. Now it has plenty of offline options. the The UI is pretty damn good. The soundtrack is pretty damn good, and what they're doing with these characters, I think, yeah, definitely a change of perspective. I mean, if you ask me about Street Fighter Five during Season Four uh, compared to now, I mean, what a change in perspective! It's night and day. So. For sure, Street Fighter V Champion Edition is... I, I look at that game in a completely different light. The one thing that didn't change with that game is the netcode. Unfortunately, it's still busted. But everything outside of the netcode, I think, is superb. I have a question then. Uh, I guess this would be for Zio, but I don't know if you know the answer. Did he even play Street Fighter V very much? Yeah, he has like 700 hours in the game. <laughs> that's hilarious, man. That's exactly how, like so. That's my perspective of Zeal's. Zeal's perspective is basically mine. Like if you talk to me about Street Fighter Five, I'm like, oh, that game's trash, like hot poo poo garbage, booty butt cheeks. But like, I understand it from his perspective because he spent so much time with the game that he knows all of the small, innate, intricate things that is really big. Problem. Yeah. I guess I I play that game and I view that game from more of a casual perspective. I just play Street Fighter. I don't play Street Fighter Five, and I enjoy the game for what it is. So I will say that I, even before I used to always usually say if you want to get a new ca- a casual into a fighting game, Street Fighter Five is probably a really good beginning point. Mm-hmm. I would still say that to this day. I say I would even say objectively speaking, Street Fighter Five is a lot better. Like they have i mean like even if we just take away the net code problems i feel with street fighter 5 is that it's very like very aggressive very very aggressive but they've made it now so everybody has a lot more aggressive options they've added v shift which is really good and another defensive option which a little too late but still they added it um they made they jump-ins are still very strong i think and like but now they made it so that when people anti her, they can probably get a little bit more out of it, depending on like the where you anti her and stuff, mm-hmm. which I feel like is a problem personally. Like those, there's a. Those I, are- I mean, if you look at Ryu now, like you can't jump on Ryu. 
with I, with his V trigger too, uh, it you lose so much health if you jump on him. Yeah. So not yeah. Exactly. He has an actual offensive option towards people that because before, like, if we were to talk about like everything before like Ryu buffs and stuff like that, Ryu really was bad, man. He was super bad. Like they kept they kept nerfing his ass for no reason just because mm. he was really strong in the first season. Like, you know, it's a problem, I guess, when the Shoto is the best character in the game. <laughs> All right. Nobody likes that. And it, in my head, I'm like, I mean, that sounds fair. I mean, it's, it's a Shoto. What the hell? Like, there's no tricks to him. He's just good. Like, what's the problem? It's like Narakami. Yeah. Can yep. he just be really good? Um, but they just kept nerfing him because, you know, Daigo and Tokido kept winning tournaments, I feel like. And people were getting pretty far with uh, Ryu. So, before the game, I would say it's just not very good. But now you have like you have ways to make fight money, even though it's not that great. That means that you can still unlock other characters. There's a lot more costumes. There's huge loads of characters because you can be- spend hours and hours just offline doing the offline stuff now. Like it has so much content. Because in the beginning, there wasn't as many um, like choices and stuff like that. Like you didn't have no. very like there was like nothing back then man. there was like hardly any challenges hardly there was no story content there was no like missions that you could do now you have everything you you possibly could want from a fighting game yeah. outside of the online obviously <laughs> and like and before too they, they they even buffed the uh the, the delay i mean that game used to have eight frames of input delay which was yep. big man but now it's lows better so you know they're they definitely made the game a lot. Maybe, maybe like with the Ono changes and stuff, the, the post yeah, yeah. five Ono patch. That well, they the dropped. care alone that you see here's here's how I look at it. If you look at seasons one through four and the additions that they made to it, it seemed like they almost just made additions to make additions, right? Like here's new stuff, please buy it. Season five to me comes off more so as a passion project. They put so much care into this season. That they're like, we really, we really care a lot about how we finish this game. We hope you do as well. And it it comes off as transparent. So that's why I look at Street Fighter V Champion Edition completely different compared to how I looked at it in 2018 with Arcade Edition and definitely in 2016 with Vanilla. And I feel like now with uh, this, the newest season, they added V-Shift, added Dan, they added Rose, they... It, it seems like they really care about the game. Yeah. As a Oro, Akira, one more character to come. I got a turtle. They added a turtle. That's mm-hmm. that, that. That's the final DLC in any game. If you add a turtle, it's over, man. <laughs> I want to play just because he got a turtle, man. So like they definitely are caring about the game, and I would say it's not like personally to me. I'd still say it's poop and booty butt cheeks, but objectively speaking, it is a much better game. I would even say it's. It's a decent enough game, and you can actually probably get far. It's just the netcode is really, really just a you know problem. Yeah, it is. Just one note before we get to this bonus question. You brought up Narukami. You know how BB Tag is trash because they took away his ability to do J2B. He can't do J2B in that game. No, he can't. He can only do JB into J2B after he makes somebody hit with – or he hit somebody with a – with a JB, which is bullshit. You can't put anybody in a J2B mix. That's garbage. You can't do that, and then you can't even do his 5A pressure, which is, like, almost as good as Chie's. Mm-hmm. Oh, gross. Disgusting. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> All right. The final question for this week, again, comes from Little Joe Pot Fox, uh, and he 
asks, what is your favorite video game soundtrack, regardless if it's a fighting game or not? And is there a particular theme that you enjoy? For example, I love soundtracks from Third Strike and Guilty Gear Accent Core, and my favorite themes are Makoto Spunky and Order Souls Get Down to Business. So I don't uh, play too many non-fighting games. I will say Omori's, and not to shill that game even more, but Omori's soundtrack is is really heartfelt. It's uh, really good. Um, as far as specific tracks, I brought this up earlier. Strange Dreamer from Melty Blood. I can bop to that all day. That's such a great track. And then since he brought up uh, Accent Core, uh, Suck a Sage from, from Accent Core is really, really good. I love that. I love that theme. What do you got? What, what's your favorite soundtrack? Mario Brothers, 1986. Oh <laughs> Mario 64, Dreamland Boy. Dun, 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 dun. No, stop, but I don't know man <laughs> i don't think i have a very i heard near has a really good soundtrack what do you think of that one? Oh yeah 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 that was an amazing soundtrack oh he said video game i was thinking of fighting game oh so so favorite video game soundtrack would maybe i would say dragon quest 4 whatever dragon quest is really a, a near and dear uh soundtrack for me if i was to think of even in a fighting game realm i don't even think i could think of that because like I don't even know if I've ever been like, damn, I like all these songs on a on a fighting game I played. Tech, uh, Tekken Three has one of the best soundtracks in my in my opinion. Especially there's like King's theme, Julia's mm. theme is really good. Forest Law, oh my god, that theme is so good. Yeah. Um, Tekken Three is 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 really really superb. But uh, I... since you brought up JRPGs, I forgot what the track name is actually called. But from Chrono Trigger, I think it's Corridor of Time. I love that track. It's the track though. Crown Trigger soundtrack is like everybody's. It's everybody's favorite favorite soundtrack. I, you know. I think it's, it's Corridor of Time. It's such a good track. Yeah, dude. Chrono Cross. Oh, so Chrono Cross is another really big soundtrack I like a lot. But Chrono Trigger is. Oh my God! I don't know what magic this man was putting on that SNES sound chip, but good lord, that soundtrack mm. is mythical, man. That is some legendary ass soundtrack. Like I haven't played all of Chrono Trigger. Which you know, now that I think about it, maybe I should sit. I want to sit down and play more of those SNES games. Get in there. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. The only, so this is stupid, oh but God. like, the only reason why is because I don't have my CRT TV. <laughs> I I played uh, Chrono Trigger on emulator, and that game holds up because of the art style. So I didn't feel like I was losing anything. But if you're playing a PS1 game, it probably makes more sense to play it the way it was intended. Oh, it, it actually is, like, I thought that was stupid, like, before, man. That's why I say it may sound stupid, but it's actually really enjoyable because it gives you the uh, the the right setting for the graphics, yeah. one. Uh, for two, the sound, it almost feels like the sound is better as opposed to what, because, like, playing it on HDTVs, you could see, like, pro, you could see all of the things that just don't look good. Um, and it's just overall, like, this kind of, like, this, like, this, this feeling that you're back at the time you, the game when it first dropped. And that's a really kind of like fun feeling to have. Mm. You know, before we get out of here, the one thing, you know, people always tell me when I talk about non-fighting games, is like, Oh, you know, you just have to, to give these games more time before you drop them. And I, you know, me, my rule is like the mo- the minute I realize I'm not having any fun. I said, I drop games. I was like, I, I don't care if I'm 30 minutes in, you know, or six hours in, like whatever. Yeah. It's just like if it's stupid and I'm not enjoying myself, I, I will stop doing it. But with Chrono Trigger, 
that first initial sequence where you're at the you're at the big town hall meeting or whatever it is and everybody's outside and the, you have the uh it's like six minutes into the game or something like that and you have an option to take something off a table and you take it not even thinking about the consequences and then it all comes back full circle and you're like hey he took that and it was like holy shit dude immediately i knew this game is special just with the way it didn't even bait me into taking that i took it just by being around like it didn't even it didn't it wasn't flashing it didn't say hey take that it wasn't anything i made that choice and then the guy to come and snitch on me, I was like, holy shit, this game is legit. And I no. love that about that game. Oh, Chrono Trigger is legit. Like, it, it's everybody's favorite, favorite JRPG. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like, it's like, I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, Chrono Trigger, man. Because, like, it does everything so that no matter what time of year, it could be 100 years later, Chrono Trigger will still be fun to play. It'll it hold up forever. Yep. A hold up forever yeah dude that game is amazing yeah i mean some say i've seen that argument before as far as greatest jrpg of all time i've seen um yeah. final fantasy 7 and chrono trigger pinned together a lot so yeah man. the corridor time that's that's the real deal let's go listen to yeah. that track that's an amazing oh, track. My God. it's beautiful it's amazing mm-hmm. But yeah, Pringle, let's get out of here. We're over time, but it's okay. We'll we'll get out of here. Hopefully next week, um, things will pick up as far as news and all that. By the way, we'll roll back some of these questions for next week, so I'll solicit some more. Well, uh, we appreciate everybody for listening. We will see you guys next week on episode 29 of FGC Hollywood, a fighting game podcast. Until then, peace. Peace, y'all. Take care.